tree was all the same I was under the sky, no new horizons Maybe there is no one else to Welcome back to the Campbell's Football Podcast with me, Dr. Grant Campbell. I am joined for this episode uh, by a guy who's had a really interesting and varied career so far. He's currently uh, the skipper at Warren Point Town Football Club, Francis or Fran McCaffrey. Francis, a warm welcome to the show. All right, mate. How are you? I'm really, Pleasure to be on, mate. I'm really well. Uh, do you want to be called by your Sunday name or your actual name of Fra? <laughs> um... If my mother's listening on Mother's Day, just say Fra, Fra I'll do. <laughs> Fra I'll do, that's alright. How have you been coping during what's been a really strange year um, with uh, COVID-19 on in our lives now? Um, it's been it's been up and down. Um, obviously, with at the start, last lockdown, or the, the, sorry, the first lockdown, it was, no one knew what was going on. It was kind of, football stopped, work stopped, everything stopped, and it was just kind of like, whoa, this is, this is scary stuff. Um, you obviously heard people dying, and you, you were, like, you were scared to do, you were scared to leave the house. And you were scared to breathe outside, in case you, in case you caught COVID or whatever, you know. But I think as time's went on, and we're very lucky um, to be back playing football, and I work in a school, and we were lucky to be back for, for a, couple of months anyway and it's gradually I think it's gradually it's got better but I think this second lockdown has been a bit harder because of the weather like the first lockdown it was sunny and you could sit out your front garden you could sit out the back and soak up the sun or whatever but this second one it's the dark nights and um bad weather you're kind of just going oh is this ever going to end type thing you know but other than that they've been keeping well thankfully none of my family have been been affected by it which is which is brilliant I know a lot of a lot of others have and it's it's unfortunate and it's terrible but fortunately happy, like my family haven't been affected which is a good thing on my side you know yeah. no absolutely I think it's been a really interesting period for so many people and uh, you know hopefully there is a, a, a breathe of light uh, coming through um, you know we're seeing a lot of people getting vaccinated as well so hopefully fingers yeah. crossed we're getting there that's for sure and obviously it's as you mentioned it's great that uh, the league has been uh, going and uh, obviously Warren Point and yourself have been able to participate in the games and it's been a, a really interesting season so far for you guys yeah, it's been uh, it's been brilliant, um, especially for me. Uh, last year, I was injured all year, so I was just just coming back in March. Whenever, literally the week the season stopped, I was I was on my way back <laughs> from uh, from injury. So it was actually a good thing that it did end because I wasn't right, and I was trying to push it through and trying to get myself ready, you know, mm-hmm. for for just just to be involved because I was out from the first game of the season until March yep. and then I was out but then the season stopped and to be honest I was quite happy that it did stop when it did because it meant we stayed up and I didn't have to put myself through pain or rush rush the recovery you know Yeah. but th- this season has been just for me personally getting back at it it was hard in the pre-season I found it tough because I couldn't quite do the things that I was used to doing you know movement ways and I just couldn't get. I just didn't feel right, you know. Mm. But as this season's went on, it's it's gradually improved. I've had some decent results. We've got this is probably the best squad I've been a part of. Well, it is the best squad I've been a part of since being at one point. This is my third year, um, which is good. We've got good results. We've a good Barry and Dixie with good and Rodney, good experience and good players. Which we're pushed. We're 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 not quite ready to break the top six but gradually we're we're getting uh, 
we're getting better and you can see that in our summer performances that we are a better team now than we were say last year you know yeah absolutely we'll, we'll tap into that throughout the show but Fry it's great to have you on the show and I'm, I'm really looking forward to tapping into your journey as a footballer so far I always like to kick off uh, my podcast by asking people who come on the show what made them want to go into the world of football from a young age what was your routine at the start um, what was mine to be my I don't know I just always loved football whenever I was younger my dad was always very uh very sporty so he always had us either playing you know have you ever heard of Gaelic football in, in Ireland so, you know so like we we played dad as a as a young boy me and my brothers and stuff and soccer I watched my dad playing soccer and it was just one of them things I just found a love for it yeah. you know yeah, and I think that's important, is that when you have family members that are very much into that sort of thing, they can get that competitiveness and engagement into young kids. Yeah, well, that's it. I, I, from a young age, I was watching my dad play. He was he played right back, and he was he was nuts. To be fair, he was constantly getting sent off. But <laughs> as a kid, I did, I just went to his games. He didn't play at any high level. I just went to his games to play to run about with the other kids who were there and kick a ball about you know and I didn't really pay much attention to him playing yeah. but I loved going to the games just a like that not even that it was just a park feel like but it was just that atmosphere of just being there and kicking a ball about with other kids who's fathers or whatever we're playing as well you know when you were starting out did you always see yourself as that midfielder you are currently or were you just the guy that was just happy to just be participating no I always when I was younger I was a I always played in the wing um, and up front as well and then gradually as, as I went to England and stuff then that's whenever this camera's just come on it's not been on the whole time <laughs> no that's okay <laughs> anyway, so, um, so at, at, the, at the start it was a, a, like a winger and uh, a forward and that's just what I played it was fast you see back then I don't know what happened I was fast and I just run up run up and down the wing and scored goals and that just what I liked doing until I kind of moved on in my career and you start it's more tactic based and you start changing where you are in my position and then but at, at the start of striker you just want to score goals absolutely. never a defender just always want to always want to be the one to score and celebrate you know yeah no absolutely I think that's very much uh, what I was hopefully trying to be like when I was there <laughs> hardly it never worked out for me but uh, you know in terms of inspirations footballing wise Fra who were yours growing up um, growing up well obviously my dad or whatever just he was obviously an inspiration just through growing up through life and he take taught you things with football ways my favourite player ever and I loved him Henrik Larson and I still do now he always I always wanted to be like him number seven didn't want dreadlocks like but just always wanted <laughs> just always wanted to be Henrik Larson and that was that was it Henrik Larson was the main yeah. main focus as, as a child I just loved Henrik Larson I still do yeah. absolutely adore him like. well obviously being based in Scotland here when he came on to the inter- international but stage obviously but also when he came to Celtic you know that really put Scottish football on the map for me and yeah. just his quality in abundance the goals he scored the, the variety of goals he scored as well just absolutely fantastic oh. Unbelievable! Uh, so I get all my memories of Celtic, big massive Celtic fan. All my memories growing up is him, him his goal, his diving headers, his chips, is just his finishing, just his overall play. I loved the fella, like loved I did, man. I didn't like it when he scored against Aberdeen right enough because that's my team I support over here. But never mind, we yeah, all no, have our faults. Sure. <laughs> no, that's it. That's it. I was having a look at your uh, career uh, online here, Francis. You, you started off at Hull City, is that correct? 
Yeah, well, I moved though. I was Linfield as a youth player. Celtic boys first in Belfast, and then went to Linfield and got a move over to Hull City. Played in the youth team and stuff in reserve, reserves for a couple of years. So mm. I was over there, and there was a our youth team manager was a guy. He's actually from Scotland, um, Billy Russell. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know him? Heard of him? Yeah. He's he was our youth team manager, and I just it was good experience and yeah. way different than. What we had as as a youth player, like under sixteen, to go over to England, the the change of culture between that's massive, like. And of course, Hull around about that time would have been on the cusp of fighting for the Premier League, getting into the Premiership, wouldn't they? Whenever, whenever I got there, um, we were in the Championship mm-hmm. and just got promoted in the Premiership. So as I moved over there in the Championship, Phil Brown was not no Premiership, Premiership, I so it was. Some experiences. You're a kid going over there, and you're going to watch the first team games. And they're playing Chelsea. They're playing United. They're playing Arsenal. And you're going, whoa! And you're doing ball, but you're in the dugouts, and you're seeing like Drogba walk past, and you're going, wow! Fine. This is starting to get starting to get real, you know. Yeah. But uh, some some uh, sometimes good times. I'm trying to think who would have been first team manager at Hull at the time. Would it have been Nigel Pearson? So at the time, there was loads. There was Phil Brown mm-hmm. at the start. He gets sacked. Um, Ian Dowie came in for a couple of games. Then Nigel Pearson came in, and then Nick Barnby was manager. And then the final manager when I was there was Steve Bruce. So there was there was quite a, a change in staff throughout the three and a half years I was there. Did you have much interactions with any of those guys? And um, Nick Nick Barnby when he was manager he. He came in and he he was our reserve manager mm-hmm. before he took the first team job. And as soon as he came in, he got us all in and it was like reserves. You just train them with first team and these are all together. But we we trained in the same facility. But then whenever Steve Bruce came in, he kind of went the reserves, train reserves, first team, first team. If you're needed, you're needed. Mm-hmm. If not, you're not. So mm-hmm. it's kind of just different managers use different ways of. Yeah, I mean, Nick, players, I mean Nick, you know? Nick Barnby, an, an England internationalist, you know, that's not a bad guy to be yeah. getting advice from. No, very good, and he, he liked me for some reason, I don't know why, <laughs> that's just football, and he, then he goes and then you're going, oh, well, if he had a stead, could it have been different, or, you know, and there was also, Kevin Cobham was one of the reserve managers too, so you're like, he was a great working like Kevin Cobham, he's... Ireland, like Ireland legend so you're going Jesus to be working with him and you're talking to him and he's, he's normal yeah. and you're like it's crazy like. and in terms of some of the players that were there at the time who really uh, do you remember? Um, to, to, to be fair there was loads um, the one always stands out is uh, Robert Corn. because he was so he was so good he uh, like he would, he would do nothing in a game and he would score two mm-hmm. you know he'd always not that he wouldn't do nothing but he would always be the one to score the winner score the goal and then there was there was a load of young but Robbie Brady came in Paul McShane James Chester there was too many to Giovanni I remember training with um, he, was, he was a player <laughs> uh, I remember tra- I remember going training uh, on trial actually and they went up training with the first team and it was international week, so there's only a couple in. Giovanni trained. I was actually marking Phil Brown. He was training too. It was weird. And then Jan van der Goerhassenen was at Hull at the time too. Yeah. Another Celtic. Not, they wouldn't say Celtic legend, but he's a Celtic man. Like. Yeah. And you're going, whoa, how am I, how am I training with Giovanni? Or what's it, Giovanni and 
Then I go half snake like you know. Yeah. You weren't one of these people that Phil Brown was given the pointing to on the pitch all those years ago. Oh, that was, that no, was something I, else, that. No. Every time I think of Phil Brown, yeah. I think of that day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Jimmy Bullard, too. Like Jimmy Bullard, he was about two. and He, he was, was a, a car, he was wasn't he? Like, uh, he's a joker, like <laughs> madman. Because he, he tried to reenact that, didn't he, after he, he scored at the Etihad, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. he's nuts. But the uh, mental. Absolutely fantastic. Do you, do you think that maybe what things maybe cost you maybe not making it at Hull? Was it the managerial changes? Was it the fact there's a big know, to get in? What would, they, would we put it down to? You, you look back now and you're going, I probably definitely could have done more, you know, training ways, but at the time you think you're doing enough, you know, and it's, I think you'll talk to a lot of people and they'll say the same thing. You think you're going training and you're going home to rest, but only a young kid like so mm-hmm. you could definitely do more and I remember my dad and I was, he was always on like you need to be why you're not training for why you're not doing it like I'm, I'm taking a rest I'm tired or whatever but then whenever it came to it like Steve Bracey called me in the office and he was like I can't see you playing first team and that was you know, like my dad been here three and a half years and now I have to go um, what do you do now type thing you know but I just he said it was a Probably I wasn't. Either said I wasn't good enough for last first team, so that's mm-hmm. I don't know. Was it frustrating? Was it frustrating to hear someone like Steve Bruce say, "Look, it's not going to work out." I was because you've you've, you've put your whole life into this, mm-hmm. and you, then you someone tell you're not good enough, and you're like, oh, "It's a big kick." I I'm not going to lie, I did have a tear in my eye whenever I was going. They were told, and I had to go and tell. Obviously, had an agent at the time and my dad and I was like this, like that's me I'm done here like, yeah. they're t- not going to give me a new contract and you're kind of just your head's all over the place to be honest it's, it's a tough one to deal with at that age too what age was it 20 yeah. and you're, you're still you're still there by yourself because you're still a young kid and you, you have no one really to reach out to apart from phone calls because yeah. we ended up staying in Holby State so we it was like March so about this time say whenever it was March time and you, your contract was till the end of May until the season finished so you kind of had to stay about or go trailing or whatever so it was hard that way you know yeah no very interesting to hear that you then make the move over to the League of Ireland to play for Dundalk I mean what yeah. was that like to, to play under uh, Dundalk and um, it was and again uh, not making excuses but just before I left Hull I got injured so I was out for like six weeks with a, a knee injury mm. get home and there was talk Dundalk Stephen Kenny wanted me to come down and train and I was like Dundalk Stephen Kenny didn't know who Stephen Kenny was well, I knew often but I didn't know how well Dundalk were doing at that time because they just started to improve finished second that year but going down and there was players like Richie Tal was there there was Andy Boyle who's there now Brian Gartland who's there now and I didn't know what I was going to do I went down and done well in training he was like we want you to sign can you sign we're going to play you number 10 I was like happy days and then went in and played a game and to be fair it was my first senior football game yeah again I think it was against Bohemians I'd done okay but I didn't do enough you know one of them ones and then it was just kind of like well this is this isn't as easy as I thought it was going to be you know because you think you're in England you're like I'm going to come home and Yes. in England I'm better, I'm better than the boys I'm playing against in Ireland but it's, it's not like that and you, you quickly find out how good the players here are Is that a mental thing in terms of preparing for moving into a new league or is it just trying to get yourself up to the physical standards um, of the league or a bit of both? A bit of both I think it's definitely physical um, because the players here obviously 
a lot more physical tackles harder to push off the ball where in England you get time in the ball where you come home and there's two two men around you every time you get the ball there's someone hitting you a kick or an elbow in the back of the head and you're like whoa you don't get this miserably you know yeah. what I mean yeah so. I mean Dundalk have been a revelation in terms of not just in their own league but on the Europa League as well getting very close and doing really well in the, the you're getting to the group stages of the Europa League and playing Arsenal you know yeah, is that a sliding doors moment for you could that maybe have kicked on for you there see it could, it could have um, we the season finished and Stephen Kenny had said he wanted to keep me there and I was young and stupid and wanted to play football but he couldn't guarantee me that Richie Tall was playing the number 10 role you've seen he went on what a career he had for Dundalk and he's now in England Salford mm. I think he's had now that's right but what a player what a player he was scoring goals left right and centre and I was like just being young and stupid and like Russian stuff he'd, and I just said I want to play and he was like I can't guarantee you to play I want you here but I can't guarantee you to play and I was like well Mm. If there's no guarantee to play, then I don't want to. I don't want to waste any more time sitting on the bench. Yeah. And then the next year they they went and won the league, and then the next year they were in Europa League, and you're going, oh, maybe made the wrong decision again. You know, yeah. one of them ones. But it is what it is. It plans out the way it's meant. To, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. And mm. you mentioned there that, enth- that you mentioned there that enthusiasm that you had, but it was just maybe finding that little bit of composure in key moments. And you mentioned maybe about just maybe lacking that bit of experience, that little naivety perhaps? Yeah, that's what it was. So I could have went on. Like the next, we finished second, could have went on and won the league. I did want to win the league next year, but I just wanted, no, I'm playing football. I, I don't want to sit about anymore. I've mm. been sitting on the bench for half a season. Well, I played nine games. I started two, so nine off the bench, seven off the bench. I was like, I don't want to sit on the bench. I'm too good to sit on the bench type thing, but I wasn't. Do you know what I mean? How it was just, yeah. How do you try and tell yourself to mature? Is it just simply by playing games and learning within games? Is it learning within yourself? Uh, Is it working with teammates? What it, What do you put it down to? It just for me personally, it's just working with working with teammates, and you start listening. Once you get a bit older, you start listening to the people, and then once you start listening, you then look back and you go, "Why didn't I listen to?" such and such and do what he told me then and then it would have been would have worked out better for me instead of having to figure it out five years later mm-hmm. you know so one thing that really interested me, and I, and I jumped a little bit ahead before I actually asked this question, but I was listening to The Score, um, catch up with Michael Clark uh, before I did the show, and he was speaking yeah. with you. And one of the really interesting things from that was the fact, obviously, you had a couple of caps for Northern Ireland under 19s, and you were playing mm-hmm. against some really interesting uh, characters from the German team, including Julian yeah. Baxler and Sead Kalasinac, who, of course, Arsenal, Antonio Rudiger. I mean, that's not a bad trio to come up against. It's all right, but that, that's what I remember Michael saying. I I only want a new Draxler. That I, once I got a couple of years down, and remember Draxler, remember him. The other boys hadn't a clue they were playing, didn't know who they were. And now you're going, geez, yeah. it's all right then, isn't it? Decent, but should I, who would you rather be? Demons or me? Like, uh-huh. you know what I mean? You'd rather be me, wouldn't you? So. Well, that's very true. And when you're actually <laughs> pulled up to play for Northern Ireland into any international level kind of category, that's a phenomenal accomplishment when you think about it. Yeah, unbelievable. I see the the go out there and play them type of games, and you get trips away. Especially 
especially when you're when I was at Hull, saying the youth team, and you get the letter or whatever to go away, and you're going right to brilliant because then you get to go and meet all your mates who you've been playing with for years anyway. So that stage good, and then the experience of playing against international players, it's completely different. Just the learning curve; it's a different type of football. No matter if you're under 16 international or senior international, the football is different than what you're normally it's all defensive and it's all shape driven you know and it's the learning experience is unreal I suppose this goes back to that question I was talking about earlier on about naivety and developing yourself and you know getting the opportunity to play against some of the hottest properties in European football must certainly help oh I 100% you you then learn from it you're going right well because like I can't remember the first game I played but I remember the feeling after, and I was like, I, I wasn't good enough there. And why wasn't I good? I was trying to do stuff that I would do against, say, like Rotherham youth team. Yeah. But I'm trying to do it against some German mm-hmm. international who is obviously playing for like Bayern Munich or something. So the, the, the difference, and then you need to try and change your game up and yeah. use your head more than more than just go out and do something you just think about you know yeah. think about what you're going to do then. I mean there was some really interesting players in that Northern Ireland uh, under 19 squad that you were in I mean Michael McClellan was in that team Cormac Burke was in that team no, not not mm-hmm. a bad couple of players those guys we were a decent team but I don't think we ever done well like, mm-hmm. that's, we always had good players but we never we never done uh, we never done anything because Gareth, Gareth Dean was in goal, like the current Cole Rico keeper. Yeah. Yeah. Gareth Dean was in goal, yeah. So there's a lot of Irish league boys. Josh Carson was there too. Yeah. He was, Josh was phenomenal. He was playing for Ripswich at the time. And like we had him playing for our under 19 team and he's playing the championship. And you're going, whoa. But even though I knew I grew up playing with him kind of him and stuff in the Milk Cup. Yeah. But then you're going, like, how good must people see him if he's playing in championship and scoring goals, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. Let's so take it. Brilliant. Let's bring it back to your club career because after Dundalk, you, yeah. you moved to Glen Torren, a massive club in stature in Northern Ireland. What was it like playing mm-hmm. for the Glens? Uh, it, was, it was brilliant. Well, it was good. We won the, won the Irish Cup, but it's not the Glen Torren you see now. It was a very, very different Glen Torren at that time, wasn't it? They were going through a lot of uh, financial trouble. Yeah, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't the Glen Torren that won other leagues. It wasn't the Glen Torren now. It was a wee bit in the middle. And they... Whenever I signed, it was Eddie Patterson signed me, and uh, a good mate of mine, Jim Lynn, was there, and he kind of pushed the deal free or whatever. And uh, I told, that's what I'm saying about like you're young and naive, and I was like the Jim, um, tell Eddie I want to play up front. Mm-hmm. I'm going to score 25 goals a season or something, all the stupid stuff. And you're going, and then you go and you start playing. You're going, well, this is mm-hmm. far better than what. I expected but I ended up there. I played number 10 and then I got put out out in the left and out in the right and it was alright it was good enough I finished top 6 the 2 years I was there for the squad that we had and for the money difficulties it was not bad plus mm. won an Irish Cup so yeah. it wasn't it wasn't the worst if I remember it, correctly you know? Alan Kernahan was there for a period of time wasn't he because he used to play for Scotland <laughs> here in Scotland yeah, Alan Kernan came in. He uh, he actually let, he was the one that let me go. Mm. We had we had uh, we got in the European playoff, the semi final, uh, won the semi final against Coleraine. I played that game, and then on the Saturday was the final against Clevenball. We got beat, but on the Friday I had a rain since before. I was going to see my mate Jim, who was talking about previously he moved to Australia, so I had booked to go for him for six weeks in the summer. So on the Friday. 
on the Saturday morning I was flying out there but on the Friday we had training like, he just called me in and I was like he knew it was going and he was like thanks for everything um, but there's no contract for you so good luck I was oh, like that's interesting I'm just, I was like I'm gonna, you knew I was going away for how long why did you not tell me this yeah. that's not so a I'm great time to, to say before going away on holiday <laughs> no so I was away on holiday for six weeks over the summer and I was freaking out I was like what am I going to do here should I even go on this holiday should I try and get myself a club should I do this and thankfully it all worked out then I went and went to Balamina but you're kind of going you definitely could have told me mm. weeks ago because you knew you know one of them ones so is a little bit of a grudge against them for that, that but is that something that players kind of need a little bit of guidance from the powers that be managers coaches etc just in terms of guidance because we always hear about managers maybe saying that people and players wise are maybe not punching above their weight and you know maybe are not quite fulfilling their potential but you can flip it the other way can't you because sometimes yeah. players need a little bit of guidance well that's it you weren't really told much and to be honest Nate I stopped playing around whenever Alan came in I stopped playing around about January time and that stopped playing I was in another team mm. so I kind of had an indication and then about two months before there was a I always remember this the chairman came down something about a pension pension scheme mm. And all he called out all these players, and these are all players who have contracts for next year. Yeah. And he didn't call me, and he didn't call a couple of others. And you're going, mm. you get home and you're going, oh, where did I get called for? And you kind of get an idea, and then you ask the question. It's like, oh, we're not talking, we're not talking contracts. We're going to wait till the end of the season. We're not. So it, I think it just depends who you are. But certain people haven't got, not saying they don't have the guts, but managers need to tell you more. Right, you're not my plans for next year. You can go, mm-hmm. but then people want to leave it until the last last minute and then tell you, right, good luck, mm-hmm. all the best for your career, um, you're not needed anymore. So uh, the managers do need to then give you a bit of guidance too, but I think they're more looking after, if I tell him now, he's not playing, and there's two months left in the season, what if I need him, or he needs to play the rest of the games because mm-hmm. there's no one else to play, you know what I mean? So. Yeah, it's interesting to see that slowly unfolding. Let, let, let's uh, talk about Balamina because obviously you, you went and played under David Jeffrey. Um, what is yep. DJ like to play under? Because every person I've asked you just says David is one of the best. Uh, he's brilliant. He makes you feel. Uh, he makes you feel. Makes you feel well. He makes you feel like you're like you're a player. You know what I mean? Hmm. He makes you. Um, just the way he talks to us, even if you know he was telling you a spoof or land, <laughs> you'd be like, you'd be like, oh, you believe it, you know what I mean? So yeah. he's just got that type of mentality. Just you'd say something to you and you'd be like, right, I'm actually, I'm good. Actually, we are going to win here. Yeah. And we end up, good. we went on to win the, we won the league cup the first year. I had a good run in the league as well. And it was like, where'd that come from? Because the players were okay, but then it just. The way that season went with the League Cup and stuff, it was unbelievable. Yeah, fantastic for that team. And, and there were some really interesting players that were coming through at Balamina at that time, weren't there? People like Lee Roy Miller, and Keelan Lockman yeah. was there at the time. You know, you can't yeah. feel, and, uh, and uh, Adam Leckie were sort of breaking into the team around about that period of time as well. well a really ambitious team. Uh, yeah, it's a funny story about Cahar Free, Bushy. Um, I've seen him, I've seen, he came in pre season and Obviously, everyone else was there, and we've played in the Irish League, so you know everyone. But then there was this wee, he won't make me say any, there was this wee chubby kid, and it was Boucher, and you're like, oh, who's this? And we'd done a 12 minute run, and it was like, um, so you had to get about eight, eight or nine laps in 12 minutes. Boucher had done two two laps, I think, in 12 minutes, and there were people overlapping them, everyone's like, 
what does he what's he come as because he came from Nevada you know no one really knew who he was and then the season started and the goals he scored is phenomenal yeah. he was one of the best strikers I've played with you know and you're yeah. going where'd that come from because he couldn't run yeah. six weeks ago Cause it was a, but then he because he was a big player in that Balomina team that came so close to usurping Linfield at the top that season when they finished second yeah unbelievable that's what I mean but it was just that first first impression and you're like who is this or why have they signed this fella and then next thing he's one of the best strikers in the league scoring goals for fun so it was a uh, it's a good race for him and he's got his move to, obviously whatever happened to Balmain had happened and he's got a move to Coleraine at the end of the year so mm. definitely you'll see him kick on next year and he will score goals for fun again and speaking of Coleraine because obviously Balmain and Coleraine there's no love loss there what's the rivalry like there? It's, it's the first year I was there it was, it was strange because we bothered them for every game I played beat them in the league beat them in the semi-final of the League Cup and uh and then after January came, I think it was, and then they just went in this big mad run. I think they finished second or third too. But uh, the rivalries are there's a lot of the fans all hate each, they don't hate each other, but you know football fans are like they'll, they'll give it to each other and they're no constantly slobber. <laughs> yeah, and then there's a couple of big tackles as well. The games aren't usually the games aren't pretty usually, <laughs> but it's be entertaining to watch if you're looking at a bit of a scrapper. A couple of dirty tackles, you know what I mean? And when you say about the League Cup success, to win any kind of silverware fries, a phenomenal accomplishment. Oh, unbelievable. I, um, it's actually a funny story about that too. I get sent off about January time, I hadn't played for six weeks. I wasn't even getting in squads after I get sent off, and I was like, what the hell's going on here? And then the next thing, the team goes up for the League Cup final, because my mates know my mum and dad, and they were all going to get tickets and I was like listen don't be I haven't been in the squad for six weeks or whatever many weeks I don't think I'm going to get on don't be spending money to go you know and then the team came up and I was in the team starting team and I was like whoa this is this is a bit of a surprise you know and then the game would be Carrick 2-0 yeah two I think nil. it was 2-0 I and like the game wasn't pretty either like Carrick sat in and tried to stop us playing and Jenkins Sam Jenkins scored and Conor McCluskey scored near the end and it was comfortable enough but it was just at 1-0 it was kind of are Kerry going to get a lucky goal here And but mm. to win that to win that competition and to win the bit of silver was brilliant and it's one of the ones you'll think more going down the line you'll think back and you go well I've won the Irish Cup and I've won a League Cup and there's not not everybody can say they've played Irish League and they've won an Irish Cup or League Cup so yeah. I is think it, in the future it'll be Is there anything is the Irish Cup better than winning the League Cup or does it, does it uh, both stand to reason that they're both good for you? They're both good but the Irish Cup's better the Irish Cup you, you get yourself a new suit and you get <laughs> you make a day you make a day of it and it's a Saturday afternoon and you the, see the, the days after Do you still have the, the days suit? after I do, I sit in the house again, told one hour, sit in the house somewhere, floating about. I wouldn't wear it now, it's a bit baggy, like, wasn't a nice slim fit, but, um, I so, like, see the days after, the days after the Irish Cup, when we're mad, it was my brother's wedding as well. Oh, wow. Which, in the middle that of it. must have been carnage. So it was, it was mental. So about four or five days, you're just going and enjoy yourself, and you've got your suit on for, I think, three of them days. So Brilliant. It's not too bad. You're currently at Warren Point, and one of the great things about following Warren Point is they're a team that 
they're so difficult to beat and everybody always writes them off or most of the time writes off how do you guys continue to come back with all this kind of you know people writing you off every single season well that's that's one of them ones you just kind of have to laugh at it because you know how good you are you know how good your team is and no matter what we, we beat Crusaders we beat Linfield we drew with Lauren should have beat Lauren they got a goal that yeah, should have stood one game at home that, that I agree that, that, that. And and you get um, the newspapers, people talking about it, Twitter, everybody will just be like, "Oh, they're hard to beat. They're they're well organised and uh, they're they got it lucky." Or it's always Linfield. Where Linfield didn't play good. The Crusaders didn't mm-hmm. play good. But most of the time, it's we made them. Are we we play Baron M? That's why we won the game. You know what I mean? I, I, I spoke to Conier McGreevy very uh, recently yeah. and one of the things I said to him was asked him what was his emotions that night after he beat Linfield what was yours? It was I say, to be honest it was unbelievable um, for a lot of different reasons uh, I remember my granny she, was, she wasn't well she was in the house and she was watching it in the sky mm. so it was like thinking about her she, she got all dressed up to watch the game the sister texted me after saying she went up she hasn't left the house in months or whatever because of Covid mm-hmm. she got dressed up to sit in her living room and watch me play football and then, and then for us to get the win was like amazing walking off a pitch to see all the there was no fans I don't think yeah no uh, there wasn't there was no fans so all the volunteers were at the side mm-hmm. and they were like they they don't go pay they clean the change rooms make us tea make us food make make sure there's ground safe all this stuff and to see their face and you could just see they were they were just but then it kind of where we are now you're kind of going all right we'll be Linfield but mm-hmm. you're not going to lose so if you want to progress as a team I know Linfield's probably the best team in the league but if you want to progress as a team you can't be going yes we beat Linfield and happy days because we had one of our players I can't remember who it was was like like kicking a ball out of play and he was celebrating he was like yes like I was like great okay celebrating the change room don't be doing it here because it just shows that I don't know I don't know I don't know what I said maybe a bit weaker than them but if you go out to play a football match you're going to win mm-hmm. no matter what it doesn't matter who you're playing so if, if you do get that win okay celebrate but don't be don't be living on it. You yeah. can't. You can't say. Oh, you can't win one game. It's, and it's, then it's a marathon, not a sprint, isn't it? And one game well, is great. If you don't follow it up, it becomes meaningless, well, it. doesn't it? And speaking of following so, it up, just recently you mentioned winning at Crusaders. I mean, that's an astonishing result as well. Well, that's it. The game we were unbelievable. I was suspended. I didn't play. What's the game? We were superb. Everything we done was perfect. Worked the game plan. Well, scored two great goals. Ryan Ryan Swanson. Some strike. Unreal. Some strike. But that's what I mean. And you're just sitting there and you're going, right, we've done this. Can we get a break? And then Tuesday night you're playing Linfield in Windsor and you're going, yeah. Right. Yeah, to do that twice in, a, twice in three days is going to be some yeah. achievement. But it, for a team like us with the squad that we have, and it just wasn't doable. And I yeah. think you've seen against Linfield that the boys it was more or less the same starting team and the boys were tired because yeah. they put in such a shift on the Saturday against Crew. so but what a win and as I said you can't you can't say oh well should we be Crusaders we be Linfield you need to mm. just tie up as much points as you can and at the end of the season then you can say alright fair enough but 
Yeah. You know? I'm conscious of time because obviously you have to go and do other things but I just want to ask you two yeah. more questions before we wrap things up Fra. one of the things yeah, that I'll really play. interests me is you mentioned earlier on in the start of the show about Warren Point are aspiring to break into that top six and Conair told me about the potential of Warren Point getting European football can you imagine Warren Point doing that can you believe that can happen I do to be honest see the 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 amount of time and effort goes in in the background to one point at the minute it's not a massive it's not a massive club there's not a massive fan base but the people who are involved in the club you've Lexa Connor you've Brian Reid you've, you've even Barry the stuff that they they've got the expectations for the club and whenever I first signed they were even though it was a different manager it was Stevie McDonald at the time yeah. but then the expectations started then Mm-hmm. And it was we want to progress. We, we don't want to be a team who could relegate it and back up, relegate it back up. And that's one of the main reasons I signed. It was it's a project, and I think within the next couple of years, as long as everything goes well and the backing's still there, I think we can we can progress and possibly tighten up that gap. Yeah, I mean it's 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 really interesting to see your stats. I mean some some good goals. I mean it was <laughs> a lot of good goals you've scored in your time. Do you, do you have a personal favourite? Um, I don't know. I don't even remember half of them. To be honest, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't. I don't think I've ever. I don't think I've ever scored a screamer. Um, I'll say the one. The one this season against Lauren. I was going to say, say you did score at Lauren or against Lauren. I should say. Yeah, it was a. It was because I got injured against Lauren last season, and then yeah. I went to score and score against him. And it was a good bit of individual skill. I not made um, Josh Robinson, who was in that Northern Ireland team as well. Yeah. So it was good to not make him, <laughs> and then just slid it in the corner. And I think skill wise, I've never scored a screamer. I don't think. But that was probably the best. I'm sure there's one individual, in your repertoire. I'm sure there's one in your repertoire. I don't. I don't know. Ah, uh, don't tell yourself then, my friend. Last question for you, because as I said, I am conscious and I want you to, to get going. Yep. What does the future hold for yourself personally and obviously Warren Point as a whole? Um, I'm happy enough where I am. I have another year left in my contract. Um, I'm captain at Warren yep. Point at the minute and I love it. It's a small family club and it's the first, it's the longest I've been at a club now. Um, once the season finishes, it'll be three years. Longest time in Ireland in a, at a club, so I feel at home. Um, as long as one point want me, I'll be here for as long as they want me, as long as I can keep performing and doing doing what I do. And for the club as a whole, I think just now I see this season out and just try and get as much points as we can until the end of the season and then again build on next year and go again. Yeah. That's, Absolutely. Just trying, it's just trying to close them gaps. Even if you get more points than we did last year, which we already have, then next year try and get more points and just try and get get away from that bottom two, even into the next week, the next week three, and then yeah. push on. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I really want to wish you all the best and Warren Point as well. For thanks very much for coming on my podcast. No problem, No problem. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you, Brian. Well, listener, that brings us to the end of yet another episode of Campbell's Footballs. I hope this podcast was just what the doctor ordered. If you want to listen to previous shows or look out for future shows, follow Campbell's Footballs on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to other podcasts. You can also follow the show on Facebook at Campbell's Footballs. Search for me, StatoG91, or Instagram, or other social media channels. But until then, until next time, I hope you enjoyed the crack and enjoy Campbell's footballs. What a dangerous night!